Ezra chapter number 7, verse number 10. No, notice what's happening. First of all, that, that Israel, once again, they're in captivity. So like all the good stuff happens when they're in captivity. But here they are, they're in captivity in verse number 10 of Ezra chapter 7. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and to teach in Israel statutes and judgment. Now, let me just say, first of all, that if you're going to study the Word of God, and this is specifically this statement, I want to put a lot of heaviness on the preachers and on the teachers, but it goes for all. It's a blanket statement. If you're going to study the Word of God to seek out the law of the Lord, you need to be doing what the Word of God says. Don't you dare try to get behind the pulpit. Thank you. Don't you dare try to get behind the pulpit or in a Sunday school class and teach something that you are not living yourself. Can somebody help me right there? Ezra wanted to give the people, he says, statutes and judgments. So he got in and he began to seek out the law of the Lord and he began to do the law of the Lord so that he could teach those statutes and judgments. All right, so now we look over in 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse number 15. This one may seem a little more um, familiar to you. The Word of God says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. So, if I could, if I could just take two little instances from this particular passage, I'd say three. You're going to study, and the reason for studying is so you are approved before God, but the end result is so that you can rightly divide the word of truth. Number one tonight. Y'all still with me tonight? Do we need to stand up, take a break or anything? We're good? I told you this is out of my comfort zone. I don't like doing it, but I feel like, feel like it's something that we as a church need. We, we, we pray things like, Lord, let us grow in grace and in knowledge. But if you don't know how to grow in knowledge, then you're dead in the water. You're just having to depend on someone else to teach you. Now, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you how to, how, how many hours you need to spend in study. I'm not gonna tell you those type of things. I'm gonna give you scripture that talks about how we need to study, okay? Uh, as far as books, let me say this before I forget again. Um, several preachers have, have said this. He says that he uses every day, and, and I do this, he says he, he reads his, his Bible, okay? But outside of that, he reads several pages in a book that will help his mind or his head. He reads several pages from another book that will help his heart. And then he reads several pages from another book that will help his hands. So if you want kind of a guide to go by as you're starting this journey of studying... Those would be my, 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 uh, my three things. Outside of the Bible. The Bible needs to be paramount to everything that you're going to study. You hear me? 
But you need to have something that's going to help your mind. It's going to help you to learn. It's going to help your heart. It's going to prick your heart. It's going to challenge you. But then it's also going to find a book that's going to help your hands. It's going to make you work. It's going to make you get out there and do something for God. And so those that's just kind of a, an extracurricular or extra credit um, statement, if you will. But how do we study the Bible? This is the preparation of the heart. Number one, we need to prepare our hearts honestly. I told you there in Ezra that he sought out the law of the Lord to do it. We think about Isaiah in Isaiah chapter number 6. He saw the Lord high and lifted up. He saw all of those things. And his words were, woe is me. So if we're going to study, we need to prepare our hearts honestly. And in that, we need to realize that the Bible study is for the inner man, not the intellectual mind. Studying the Bible is for the inner man, not the intellectual mind. In Luke chapter number 24, verse 32, And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened un- or to us the Scriptures? You see, if you remember this, these were those two from from Emmaus. They were going back to Emmaus. They were disciples of Christ. Christ had just died. He had just risen again. They didn't know what to think about it. And they were given, and, and I'm not being disrespectful, but they were given their sob story to this stranger that they met along the road. But this stranger opened to them the Scriptures and he started in the Old Testament and gave them all the way through to the current time. And the Bible says that they they questioned to themselves, did not our hearts burn within us while he opened up the Scriptures? And so if we're going to study, we need to feed that inner man, that heart burning within us. We also need to recognize that our hearts are wicked. Jeremiah chapter number 17, verse number 9, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I told you a few moments ago about a preacher that preached the Bible. He, he preached the truth. But yet there was sin in his heart. And that is not uncommon. People get behind the pulpit, people get in their classes, they, they, whatever it may be, and they're harboring something in their heart, but they're trying to teach around it. But we need to understand as we're studying, We're talking about the preparation of the heart and we need to prepare our hearts honestly. We need to honestly admit that there is sin in our hearts. Our hearts are wicked. Not only that, but we need to be ready for discomfort. The Word of God is convicting. The Scripture says in Hebrews chapter number 4, verse 12 and 13, For the Word of God is quick. I've always read that as as quick, you know, lightning fast. But it is the word that we use out of Ephesians, you hath he quickened. 
The Word of God is alive. I need about three people to say amen right there. The Word of God is alive. It is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the faults and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. In the eyes of God through the word of God. He says, if you're, if you're gonna study, be ready for some discomfort. Be, be ready to be brought out of that comfort zone. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It can pierce even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. I have no idea, Samuel, how thin that line is. Absolutely. Body, soul, and spirit, I have no idea how to, how to separate those three. But the Word of God, Brother John, cut it right in two. He can cut straight to the morrow of the situation. So as we study, we have to prepare our hearts honestly that, that we are wicked, that our hearts are wicked, that the study is not for our bodies, our flesh, but it is for the soul. And understand that as such, there will come discomfort. We will put our Bibles down and say, Whoa. I can't tell you how many times throughout the margin of my Bible, I don't have any profound statements. I've just got, wow. Because it pricked my heart. I've, I, I want to preach about it so bad I can't understand it. But over there, I believe it's in second something, maybe second Kings, wherever it is, it's back here somewhere. They probably moved it on me again. I don't know. But he talks about Solomon and how that Solomon followed not fully after the Lord. He talks about how that David followed the Lord. And y'all know you got a Schofield Bible and it, you know exactly where it is. It's on the left side. It's about three inches down. I know exactly where it is, but it ain't nowhere in here. Anyway, you, 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 you read about Solomon and all of the things that he did against God. And it comes down to just a couple of verses. He followed not fully after the Lord. In the margin of my Bible, Hunter, I've literally got the words, wow. I didn't know what else to say. If someone is wise, and if someone is smart, and someone as, as blessed by God can not fully follow after the Lord, what about me? I don't have the wisdom that he has. I'm blessed. I'm highly favored. But Brother Jim, if Solomon can fall, what about me? So that goes back to our notes. Sometimes it's not some profound statement. Sometimes it's like Isaiah. Woe is me. Wow. So, 
that's where I'm going to stop tonight. I'm not going to go further. I've got a couple more points and we'll just, we'll, we'll continue this another night. But let's chew on that for a little while. Let's chew on the fact that there, that there are some things that can help us in our study. A.W. Tozer, he writes, I don't know, I don't know if it can be classified as compassion or what, but he writes with such a biting word that it's not detrimental, but it's almost like a sap because you, you, you're hurting. You've just read the word of God. Now you're reading what he has to say and he hits you with such a weight of truth. And you wonder, first of all, why didn't I think of it? And then because of the era that he wrote in, how that they were, they knew how to use words and use them correctly. You think, my goodness, the Bible was convicting enough, but now I'm doubly convicted.